Welcome to the Focus and Chill podcast, where we discuss productivity tactics that work for neurodivergent individuals. Every episode, we interview guests with lived experience of neurodiversity who also have a solid productivity and habit game, and pass the learnings on to you, our wise and benevolent audience. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Joey. I'm Joey, and I coach creatives to get moving on their most ambitious projects through the power of solid habits and strong focus. I'm also a perpetual student of psychology and perpetually on a quest to a one-armed chin-up. And I'm Jeremy, a neurospicy software developer turned startup founder, building the Focus Bear app to help people with ADHD and autism thrive at work. My cool party trick is leaving parties early so I can get to sleep in time for my two hour long morning routine. The Focus and Chill podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though. You'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to focusbear.io. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Focus and Chill podcast. We're lucky to be joined by Yvonne Hyman today. Yvonne was born and raised in Germany, where she caught the entrepreneurial bug early on, working in her parents' business and owning her own pub by the tender age of 22. She left the safety net and security she had in Germany to pursue her own dreams. Since moving to the US in 2007, Yvonne's goal has been to help empower entrepreneurs so they can successfully run a sustainable business while also enjoying life. Her own life-changing challenge came in 2014 when she lost her husband to cancer. Yvonne was determined to resume her passion of building bulletproof businesses that can withstand anything. Welcome to the show, Evie. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, really great to have you on. I enjoyed being on Evie's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it's nice to to be able to turn the table a bit and hear about initially your own experience with with neurodiversity because she shared a bit about that when I in our pre-recording. Let's did, let's hope I did good as a host on my podcast. You and did great. You're gonna be nice to me today. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about when you realized you weren't neurotypical. That was kind of like a a growth process. I was always like the outsider. I struggled in school because I just simply didn't learn out of books. So there was always something going around. And then when ADHD specifically became more public and more known, I was like, huh, that sounds like me. No, I'm somebody I never got officially diagnosed. My therapist that I've worked with regularly um, is like, yeah, chances are pretty much, mm -hmm, we're pretty sure you you fall right into that. Um, And I love for everybody that does get the official diagnosis, and I know how much weight that can take off for me. It was this, cool, now, now my brain makes sense. And I think the the biggest realization that my brain just works different and just how many tabs I have open every day is when I started testing with microdosing and just 
testing it with a coach, what works, what doesn't work for me. And <laughs> there was a moment of, I only have one voice in my head. Is that how other people think? Is that how their brain works? And at that moment, it was like, oh, now I realize just how many tabs I have open in my head literally every single day. And that was mm. that experiencing how it is with just one voice in your head. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the multiple voices and I kind of like it from time to time because it feels like I'm getting creative input, but it can be very distracting mm -hmm. if I'm in a meeting and I'm getting divergent thoughts going on. I don't every single day or every single month um, microdose. So I have done it for, I need to say a lie, probably two or three months on a schedule where I microdose twice a week simply because of also helping with my anxiety, just helping with that general craziness that my body sometimes picks up to and doesn't just stay in my head. Hmm. Um, right now, I do not microdose. But when I, when I get overwhelmed with myself and my thoughts and all the things, I do go through another round of microdosing again, twice a week. It's literally just a teeny tiny microdose. I'm actually on the lowest end of microdosing. And it's more of a uh, taking a little vacation and resetting my body when it gets too crazy, if that makes any sense. Probably means it makes it easier than at, at other times because you're not completely shutting off that part of your brain. You're learning to live with it a bit, but also being able to control the, the more debilitating side of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm lucky enough to manage my voices fairly well and use them in my work mm. so when I look at how I work the idea of having this many tabs open and following so many thought patterns at the same time is what allows me to work with my clients how I work with my clients because I'm mm. constantly switching between um, their big picture goals in their business and how that impacts something in the small and then switching back to big picture. And my brain is constantly switching around. So some of my clients that haven't experienced that with me, I need to warn them. I'm like, you do not need to follow me right now. I just need to external process all the things that my brain is going through right now. And often enough, I get that that glazed look in their eyes where it's like don't worry about it it doesn't have to make sense for you I just gotta speak it out <laughs> and I I put the the pieces together from big picture down to the small pieces talk it out I get the picture in my head I'm like oh sweet cool now it makes sense and I give them the quick little rundown and then they're like oh that's what you're talking about I'm like yeah welcome to my brain <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and that probably gives a unique perspective that they hadn't considered in the past. It's sometimes frightening just how much my brain jumps around. I'm like, I work closely with processes and systems, and most of my clients have the problem that work in a silo. And I'm like, working in a silo doesn't, doesn't work in your business. It's going to hurt you. Hmm. And because I can run multiple different tabs in my head all at the same time, I can keep track on how a change would affect the rest of the business and implements with their big picture, implements with their goals. Where could something break? Where do we need to pay attention? And 
I don't want to lose that. That's that's my superpower in my business. However, mm. once in a while, I do need a vacation from that. In terms of your own journey as an entrepreneur, how you you dealt with that when you were like starting at a pub, I can imagine that that would have been a, a situation where there were a lot of things going on and it probably would have been helpful having all the divergent thinking. Has it ever been challenging? Have you ever struggled with the financial side of running a business? Yes and yes. So yes, um, the neurodivergent thinking definitely has helped me in the hospitality business because there's so many things going on all at the, all at the same time. Mm. The downside is I am not good at finishing things. Mm. So it has taken me a while to, to be okay with that. I am a quick start. I will I will run, I will do all this all the things all at the same time. But then when it comes to you know the tail end of the work, the polishing, the final implementation, um coming up with a sales funnel, but now you actually have to implement the emails, coming up with a program, but you actually have to set it up and put the curriculum together. That that kind of like so learning and being okay that I'm not the nitty gritty implementer and bringing somebody into my business now that can handle that. And then learning to delegate and I don't have to do it all myself. Let, let's just say that that has been a journey. And on the financial side, definitely because how many in in marketing or in social media tell you you have to have a niche you have to have this one thing and i'm like my one thing is that i have many things and they all connect with each other they all match i spent too much time no it was just the learning phase it is what it is but i spent a lot of time listening to this the one thing the the one niche the one offer and i'm like i get bored with that i can't and I will not do it at all. If I get bored with something, it's not going to happen. So again, learning to be okay with that. And I simply, what I simply did is I found the right language to explain to somebody that can't wrap their head around how all of this works together. So for the outside, it's like, cool, you have a perfect pitch behind the scenes. It's all the different things and I get to do all the different things. <laughs> they link up. And it's it's funny um, to see how things make sense to me. I always say I see systems where other people see chaos hmm. because honestly, everything we do, everything we say, everything that's happening, there's always a pattern behind it. They connect hmm. somehow. It's yep. It's kind of like, the mat the matrix and seeing the coding behind it i see mm. the coding i mm. see how those things fit together not always as easy and fast on my own stuff but definitely on my clients and community i so relate to that it's easy to to do things for other people sometimes hard to implement it myself it does make sense for neurotypicals but i can't stick with it i'm the same but it, it does seem to coalesce into one integrated pattern, even though initially some of my interests seemed quite divergent. They've all come together in the end. I'm curious about as well how you've 
experienced it with relationships. You talked about how with some of your clients, they can get a bit confused about the way your brain works. And I definitely find that, that I confuse people initially. How has it been for you being able to, to have friendships and relationships? It's, it's been a growing. So no matter if um, business or personal relationships, I have learned to warn people to be like, hey, this is how this is how I am, as I mentioned earlier with clients, setting that expectations are of, hey, a lot of my brain goes all over the place when we are setting something up, when we are figuring something out, setting that that story up front and letting them know what's happening and also giving them the freedom of not having to listen. Everybody wants to pay attention. Everybody is they want to help. They want to pay attention to you. So giving them the easy out and saying, hey, don't worry, external processor here. I just need to quick talk through this. You don't have to understand it yet. Gives them that freedom to do so. On the personal level, I I am passionate. I am loud. I am dropping F-bombs if I feel like that. I also do that <laughs> with my clients. So I'm I'm a lot in people's face. And that is a new one for me to have gotten comfortable with because I was often told I'm too much, I'm too loud, I'm too whatever. And by now, I have grown into this, cool, you like it? No, bye. It's me. I'm going to be the one where the girls go out for Sunday brunch and I'm going to be the one all dressed up with full on makeup and heels because I like doing that. I'm I'm too often at home. I at home and not dressed up and all the things, right? So when I go out, I, I do that. I'm, I'm going to be guacamole. I'm going to be extra. And same with if I'm passionate about what you do, what you say, what you offer, you're going to tell that because I carry that full on in my whole body. And if people don't appreciate that, then maybe they don't need to be about me every single day. And Hmm. it has taken a while to be okay with that. I always wanted to be everybody's friend and perfect. And let's just say it's exhausting. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably really fun when you are allowed to be yourself. I I just thought of one of one of my leads that never turned a client. The CEO was fine with everything. However, the team is quite Christian leaning and doesn't do any curse words or anything. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, I go live on YouTube. I know how to stop myself, but I'm going to I'm going to mouth the F-bomb at some point or some things. I'm passionate about what we do and what you do. So it's your choice. Hmm. By the way, F-bombs are fine on this podcast. Like if it it comes out. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also audio and we do have some platforms. So with audio and video on on podcasts and even in my YouTube videos, right? Even my own YouTube videos. I'm always careful about it because we do have YouTube and we do have audio platforms that are careful about it. And if I ever get on TV, I don't want to get myself in trouble either, right? (laughs) But it's like that's that's the little thing. They even had problems with just the the voice without even any tone, the voicing of it. And I'm like, that's just how I show my passion. So we're mm. simply not aligned. Yeah, it sounds like they weren't a good fit. Mm. 
curious as well about when you moved from Germany to the US, do you feel like American culture is more open to intensity compared to German culture? There was definitely in general a culture shock. It was in the sense of business and doing what I'm doing, it was the best choice I ever made. Hmm. It is still interesting to me how the English language lacks a lot of words. Um, one example I often say is like in, in Germany, we have between I like you and I love you about 10,000 differentiations <laughs> that that talk about a different level. And I'm like, I'm so focused on details where I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, but I, I can't really, the, the language is missing because there's simply no word for it. Mm. Me living in California and especially in San Diego now, it is definitely uh, easier to just be who I am, to be louder. Germany is more of a by the book, in a box, nine mm. to five. It is changing. It is getting different over there, but it's... You have people in Germany that have been with the same company literally from after college till retirement. Mm. How often do you see that in, in the States? Yeah, 50 years so, ago, maybe, but not these days. Personalities are definitely different and it is it is the right environment for me. I've spent a bit of time in Germany and I, I like certain aspects of it. I did feel that it was a little bit quieter, <laughs> at least in the the black forest area that I was in. <laughs> I do like the, <laughs> I call myself a wool stickler. And I put that back onto my German roots where it's like, um, yeah, am I going to stretch the wools a little bit? Yeah, sure. But I'm like, everybody knows what to expect. If you're driving on the Autobahn and you are slower than anybody else, you're going to move over to the right. And I then can drive on the left lane because I'm ready to pay for that ticket. It's like people follow the rules. It's like, I know what to expect. It's, it's nice knowing. But the downside of that is it also puts us quite in a box. It can be limiting just as much. Mm, yeah. The right kind of rules are helpful, but the wrong kind are restrictive. Mm -hmm. hmm. really interesting well, let's talk about your work what type of clients do you normally help and you, you've got many arms to your business can you tell us about that I work best with clients that are passionate about what they are doing um, that want to have an impact that want to do something different a lot of my client most of my clients are digital entrepreneurs they they do something online it's not a brick and mortar store and they are ready to change i am best so what i have realized about myself i am best reactive i can bring you all the ideas i can this needs to change this needs to change and this needs to change but i'm not going to be at my best when the client is yeah cool then just do i'm like no that's no I need the the involvement and that passion that the client has for their business to come into working with me. They come to me and it's like, hey, I want to make this happen. Hey, can we do this? If they bring their ideas, their energy, and their passion into our workflow, 
not even the sky is the limit. We can get so much done because that's what fuels my passion and my energy for their work. Mm. And we can get so much done and so much implemented. I like being questions. I like being challenged of, hey, can we do this? Or why why are you doing this? I'm all for this. But when a client comes in, supposedly hires me for my expertise and then constantly pushes back, mm. Where it's like, no, we're not doing this. Why did you call me? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's not even, I. what I recognize with me in that situation is I fall into a full on cool, then whatever. I'm just, I'm just going to sit up my time, what the contract is based on. I'm going to give you the bare minimum and we are done when the contract is done. I, I don't even, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't sound like the right type of attitude from the client. And it's just been, it's been testing. It's been looking at, again, looking at the patterns, Hmm. what clients was I my best at and delivered and really had fun in the process. And I started seeing certain behavioral patterns that popped up, certain ways of communication that popped up where I'm like, oh, so cool. Now, based on that information, I start screening my clients when I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Mm. You, you go have fun. There's somebody that can help you with that. Yeah. The warning them of this is how you work and this is how you, you like to do it. Does that help a bit in terms of making the, the right clients really enthusiastic about the idea and the, the wrong clients realize up front? It has become less and less that client potential clients at leads even reach out that do not align with me. It's become less and less because I also carry that out into my website, into my YouTube videos, into my Mm. social media platforms, um, where finding that voice and having that knowledge has become public knowledge. And I have less and less trouble with people contacting me that just don't align with me. There's enough Mm. people out there. I don't need them all. In terms of your your presence online wanted to share that one of my friends in Australia without me having said anything saw that I was on your podcast so you've you've got a loyal listener base in Australia tell us about how much time you spend and how much energy you put into the podcast in order to to have made that reach happen (laughs) YouTube videos on the podcast specific initially we have put in a lot of work Mm. polishing things and all the stuff and you have experienced it as a guest right at this point we have polished up this workflow so much that the team over at unevolved media who is producing jeff fenster's podcast will be running our process so at this point it's it's a nice list and click up every uh, episode has their own task and you experienced it when an application comes in the, the person applying gets an email. I don't even have to touch it. Mm. When I say, yep, I want Jeremy on the podcast. You got an email that said, dab, dab, hey, I would like to have you on a podcast and it gets scheduled. Once we recorded it, you got an email again, thanking you and telling you what the team is going to do. I just clicked the button. That was it. Same with the afterwards, with the task management, the team management, all of that. I literally, what do I do actually on the podcast production? I choose which guests are coming on. I record with you. 
that's it. Everything Love else it. is automated. It's it's scheduled. The tasks and subtasks are created. It's it's all so polished that the podcast in itself, doing it is actually quite simple now. Hmm. YouTube videos, now that's a whole nother story. I am in, your timing on this question is interesting. I am literally on a YouTube recorded video burnout right now. I'm like, community, mm. can you just tell me what videos you want? Mm. And then with the YouTube algorithm, I want the videos to get out there, right? So how do you balance all of this? And then what am I talking about? As I said earlier, I'm better reactive. Mm. Where I'm like, can somebody just tell me? And that's kind of like a pattern throughout my business too, where it's like, can somebody just tell me where I have decision fatigue, where I'm I'm researching for hours? What should I talk to? How do I do this specifically? Hmm. What's a good hook? And and oh my God, I could literally spend hours and hours. And I have to, I have to really pay attention and cut my time short when I do research for YouTube because I will go down a rabbit hole. And not only does that turn into a time sucker, that also turns into a motivation sucker mm. youtube research on what videos to produce if i do not put that on a timer and then put it away i will be down for the weekend with full-on anxiety bad mood and all the worst thinking you can have mm. yeah i can really empathize with that it feels there's some kind of disconnect between I I only wanted to spend half an hour, but I feel trapped and I'm continuing. I don't have enough information yet. The way you're describing you just, it of You getting... don't ever seem to be finding enough information because when you yeah. get a little bit of information, then you find information that's opposite. There is never a clear answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I love what you're doing now in, in terms of asking the audience what do they want to hear? Because then it... It's in their words as well. And that probably helps with YouTube SEO and all of that as well as just being psychologically easier. It it helps a lot. Now, if I can get my audience to submit a little bit more and pop into the comments a little bit more, we are golden. Hmm. Yeah. When you're not working, what do you enjoy doing? Do you have as many hobbies as you have aspects of your business? I I actually don't. Um, <laughs> no, I am I am I do have some hobbies. I definitely pay close attention to move my body regularly because I I can be totally happy just being here on this desk half the day on on the couch watching TV the other half of the day. So I enjoy moving, but I need to remind myself to go moving. I live in a great community here. I have like. A, a, a mile loop all the way around the property so it's really easy for me to just go out rather than having to go somewhere hmm. and then living in san diego i'm like going to the beach again i need to get my booty off the couch so that hmm. is a little bit but by the time when i finally get my my hiney out of the door um i've been living in san diego for three years now and the sunsets are just as gorgeous as, as they have been the first day and then experiencing food. Food is my thing. It doesn't matter what type of food, doesn't matter what specifically it is, just experiencing new food. I actually am going to a tamales class um, with Claudia Sandoval on Thursday. She was um, 
Master Chef season six winner. Yep. Mm. Um, love her to pieces, and I'm like, why? Why am I just going to eat? I love tamales, so I signed up for for her cooking class Thursday evening, mm. and then I get to take them home even too. So it's like that that food food for me is an experience. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really special. Mm-hmm. And the the sunsets sound amazing. I'm jealous because we we don't always have nice sunsets here. <laughs> Especially right now in the winter months, we don't often have clouds here throughout the summer, right? Mm. So in the winter months, when we have more of the clouds, um, going down to Pacific Beach, grabbing some Better Bus Acai Bowl or Ever Bowl Acai Bowl on the way there grabbing that getting to the beach just sitting there spooning my my acai bowl i'm like yep sign me up what's acai bowl so acai is a brazilian fruit high in antioxidants it's like it's like a frozen yogurt kind of thing and then Mm. i love mine with granola some coconut flakes and a little bit of honey on top maybe some strawberries bananas Mm -hmm. i never knew how to healthy spoiler Oh, yeah. I've seen it advertised. I just didn't know how to say it. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that. It does look really nice. You mentioned sticking to rules in some ways. Do you have a, a morning routine that you try and stick to each day? I do. I do. So in the past, I was one of those, oh, I get to do this today. And I jumped right into work. And then by noon, I was grumpy with myself. And I realized I needed to focus on really some me time in the morning. So just a couple of months ago, I actually redid my outside patio. I have one of those wicker couches out there now, a little blanky. And in the morning, one thing is a must, sitting out there with my coffee. Yeah, I know I probably should do some tea or protein shake, but I need my coffee in the morning. That's my luxury. Mm-hmm. Nice with milk foam on it, some cocoa powder and cinnamon. Mm. And then preferably when I then do follow my full morning routine, there is some reading involved and some journaling. Um, It it changes. That goes in, in seasons. I have some seasons, especially right now, where it's a lot of go, go, go in my life. I just got my citizenship. My book was just published. There was so much going on hmm. where I just gave myself the grace in the morning. It's like, I'm just sitting here with my coffee for an hour. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then I get back into the routine of really journaling and reading in the morning, going to the gym rather than just walking in the morning and shower and by 10 o'clock I'm at my desk so the morning leading up to 10 o'clock is is just for me again Mm. if I have a morning where I'm like "Ooh, I just got sucked into TikTok fortunately my phone has a timer maximum an hour a day um then it happens as long as it's not an everyday thing I do allow myself to just go browse and be crazy my phone turns on to work mode either way by 11 o'clock so that I do not see everything dinging. Hmm. But yeah, it's the starting the day with and for me. That's my morning routine. Hmm. Love it. With the the 10 a.m. and the 11 a.m., do you structure your day so you don't, for example, have client meetings until after 11 a.m.? Clients do not get to schedule with me before 10 a.m. So they get mm. to jump in at, at 10. Why I do not put my phone onto work mode till 11 because they're 
mom calls from Germany sometimes after 10 o'clock and all of those. Mm. So that's the only reason why the phone isn't set to work at 10. Mm. That sounds like a really good way to, to start the day. So you've you've got a buffer there because I sometimes have work meetings at 7am and it can be very hard to actually have some me time in the morning. It can feel very fragmented. And I joke with my clients on that. They're like, can we do an 8am call? I'm like, you don't want me at 8am. <laughs> yeah. You don't. I haven't even had a coffee at, no, I had my first couple of zips of coffee at 8am. Hmm. So yeah, once in a while we do potentially a 9 or a 9.30 because I do have clients on the East Coast. I do have clients in Australia and I'm like, if hmm. we have that full on time switch, right? There is just so much we can make happen. So Hmm. But yeah, that's that's an outside of the world nine or nine thirty uh, usually, uh, and in my schedule, nobody can schedule before ten. Hmm. Yeah, makes total sense. What else do you do to optimize your productivity? The work mode on the phone is a powerful strategy. Other things I have you do to because I will chat. I have a friend. We literally have conversations in Instagram reels. I need to put my phone on silent or I'm never going to put it down. Hmm. Um, one big thing for me to increase productivity is eliminate decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. I am one to, when I sit here and I'm like, what am I doing today? I don't know. I have a couple of clients I need to take care of. So if I sit down and I still have to decide what I need to do today, nothing is going to get done. Nothing is ever going to get done. So um, having worked on that quite closely over the last few months and really figuring out that that decision fatigue is what's holding me back, one of my next hires is, is literally going to be an online business manager, somebody to just tell me what needs to get done. Right hmm. now, I'm doing that myself granular, where it's like, okay, clients are coming in. What do I need to do? And I lay out my day for the next day. The next level of that is going to be really bringing on an online business man- manager, executive assistant, whatever you want to call it, that is going to just task me. Just just run my business life. Just tell me what I need to do. That sounds really helpful. Is it almost similar to what you do for your clients but not, I guess you don't do it on a day-to-day basis for them, more of a strategy, but this would be... It's, yeah, it's a little bit higher level. It's not quite as as micromanaging, but mm. I do lay the path out for them and, and task them what they need to do. Mm. I need somebody that is micromanaging me a little bit more than what I do with my clients. Mm. Yeah, and almost if it was a, a system at it's almost like body doubling as well that mm-hmm. some of the tasks that are hard to get started on, I find that's really helpful. I've got a few assistants and there are things that I, I could do on my own, but it's just so much easier if I can get on a call with them and we do it together. And then the next time they can do it on their own. Yep. Oh, I have that so often. I have a friend of mine. We pretty much are on the phone daily and personal friend, right? And there's moments where suddenly we realize we haven't talked to each other within the last five minutes on the phone because we got into our stuff and then literally we're just there Mm. body doubling. She's doing her stuff. I'm doing my stuff. Still on the call, but not talking. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great strategy. 
Another one that is very helpful often is taking breaks. So we're going to take a quick break. Hi there, Focus and Chillers. Are you ready to supercharge your knowledge in the realms of creativity, tech, and psychology? Come check out my fortnightly newsletter. In each edition, you'll get quick wins and actionable takeaways that you can put into practice right away. If this sounds like you, I'd love to have you as a reader. Subscribe for your fortnightly dose of insights. The link is in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back from our break. And now I'd like to know what is one habit that you'd like to remove from your life or one that you have removed in the past? The one bad habit that I'm continuously working on and that is a work in progress is my cell phone. I'm attached mm. to it on the hip. You literally can get a hold of me pretty much 24-7. I'm getting better using the work mode on the phone and, and putting it away at night and those kind of things. But yeah, I also can get totally hyper-focused on something. So when I'm in the right zone of TikTok... There's moments where my phone suddenly tells me, hey, you've been on here for an hour. You might want to take a break. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, That's... I love being connected, but it's also sometimes too connected. Yeah, well, it's problematic the way that TikTok is set up and a lot of these apps that are really designed to steal our attention. It's great that you've got strategies to avoid spending too much time on it. Oh, child protection on your phone is amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Lock myself out the phone. Mm. Yeah. I've my wife has the password for my my phone and my computer in the evening. I can't <laughs> trust myself when I'm tired. I'll just go down those rabbit holes. Oh, I feel you on that one. <laughs> how do you talking of in the evening, how do you switch off at night? That's a process. That is really a process for me. And I've spent, yeah, it's been a big focus for me over the last year, um, specifically over the last year. I got myself one of those Oro rings. So I've been, nice. I've, I've literally, since I got this version two, I've never taken it off other mm. than charging, right? So, and there were a lot of things where I realized alcohol for example even just one glass of bubbly i i love me a nice prosecco one glass fine second day a glass third day a glass my sleep is going to be down the drain literally mm -hmm. down the drain and i'm literally just talking I'm like a, a little glass right mm -hmm. um so so getting that data of okay staying away from alcohol, staying away from hot baths, to be honest. I love taking a hot bath when I'm sore. Mm. I need to do that earlier in the evening. If I do that right before bed, my sleep is going to be a mess too. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. The body is too hot. The, the blood is flowing too much and mm. trying to cool down your body for sleep doesn't happen too fast. And then specifically mm. sleeping, I need to have it cold. I mm -hmm. do better with a weighted blanket. Mm -hmm. um, I do, if I get, if I have an evening that go where my brain goes completely crazy, I had something last night where it's like one idea after the other. Mm. I need to make sure I have my, usually my phone next to me with a note taking app so I can quickly voice things and get them out of my head. Mm. And when I'm like, okay, we've done this now for half an hour. We need to shut the brain off. I have an app called Luna mm -hmm. and I love it because it combines visual with auditory and kinesthetic. They have 
stories. They have good night stories, actually quite fun ones. Hmm. With an image on your phone and all in 3D. Their imagery is gorgeous hmm. that you can paint. Hmm. So not only do you hear a story, because my brain can still go 10,000 taps at the same time when I'm just listening to something. Mm. I'm also watching because there's little things that move a little bit and you can turn all the things and doing by painting. Mm -hmm. It's like 20, 20 minutes sleepscapes helps me just get focused on one thing mm. and turn the rest of my brain off. Mm. Do you ever try mindful coloring in the morning as well or other times throughout the day? I've never tried Actually, it myself. It sounds similar to that, what you're describing with the painting on the app. I'll have to check it out. Do you notice an uh, improvement based on your Aura Ring data when you use that app and do mm -hmm. the bedtime stories? Yeah. Mm. They have, so they tell their stories, first of all, really calm, but they also use hypnotic language patterns. Mm. So, yeah. I definitely see the difference in, in my sleep patterns doing that. Mm, I'll have to try it out. Because normally I sleep very well, but last night, I think because of jet lag, I was in bed with the, the brain stirring yeah. for a good hour. But after the, the other thing you mentioned around doing the voice notes, I, I did that, wrote, wrote down some of the thoughts that were going on and it makes it far easier to sleep afterwards. My VA was laughing at me last night. I don't yeah. even know. Because I also go, I I do my best to be in bed by 10.30. That's the best time for me mm. to hit my right sleep pattern. Yeah. And it was definitely later than that. And a couple of things popped up. And I literally voice messaged my VA with a couple of things last night. She's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in bed. <laughs> Happens. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do voice not, notes on my watch because I can't, it doesn't have anything coming in. I can only dump things. With the, the aura ring data, do you find when you when you exercise, does that make a difference as well? You were saying it before we started recording that you do an hour of exercise every day, which sounds awesome. I I try to. Let's let's put it that way. Guys listening, hmm. I do not always meet that goal, but yeah, I do try to to get an hour of movement in. Um, I do. So OA also gets data like HRV balance, which I'm still trying oh, yeah. to understand what mm. specifically that actually means. Mm. I'm going by the data and how I feel it. Um, when I don't move, mm -hmm. even just walking, when I don't move enough, that HRV balance goes down the drain. My anxiety goes up. My general anxiety, just that, that vibration in my body goes up. I then also struggle to stay clear in my head. And so not even just to sleep, my general body is like, huh, I'm going to make you move. Yeah. Because at some point... <laughs> I feel so off-centered that I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. Thank you. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so I feel it throughout everything. I mm. I feel worse. I question myself more. I have higher anxiety. I deal more with depression, worse sleep. And it just, it's a snowballing effect. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Exercise is my biggest ADHD hack and anxiety hack makes a huge Mm -hmm. difference. You mentioned the, the Luna app and you've got your own book as well. So we'll include that. What other resources do you find most helpful for productivity? The interesting thing is nothing else really for productivity. I've tried, no, actually there is one thing. When I get into the decision fatigue and I have so much to do and you know, you're in that overwhelm and you end up not doing anything. The process of, okay, five minutes, that's all. Five minutes and just do. That's that's what allowed me to even get my book done. It's, yeah. Hmm. Um, the combination of, again, five minutes and then the one thing. That's actually a book that helped me. The one thing. Um, often enough, we've been told the, the, the three most important things, right? What do you want to get done this week? The mo- three most important things. And I'm like, three. And the book, the one the, the one thing, the most important thing, I think it's the one thing, mm-hmm. comes down to what is the one thing right now that you can do to move the needle? In my mm-hmm. case, get the business where I want it to be. What's the one thing? Mm-hmm. Really cut it down to the most important thing. That allows me to really focus combined with just five minutes because you know the moment you've overcome that overwhelm procrastination, meaning you did five minutes, you know you were in it and more is going to happen. Other than that, I have tried the habit apps and all of that. I just never really stick to it. What has helped me build up habits is habit stacking, Mm -hmm. meaning connecting one new habit to an existing habit. Hmm. And realizing that habit doesn't have to mean anything fancy. It can be as simple as I'm always doing coffee on my patio, have the book right there. And you read two pages alongside having your coffee, Hmm. more learning. Sweet. You're going to take a shower in the morning and brush your teeth, have a podcast running with it. So with habits, not just even thinking about, quote, the good habits we want to implement, but also the patterns we are already running that we might not even consider as a habit. Hmm. So you are a fan of atomic habits? Mm-hmm. I think atomic habits at this point. I'm one of those readers that reads a quarter of a book, then comes back and reads it again and reads it again. And then at one point finally makes it through the whole book. Hmm. It's like, okay, I came to this book for one particular reason. When that reason is covered, I'm like, am I going to finish it? Maybe not. Maybe I will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the big message from the book. And a lot of the rest of it is his story and other accessory things there. Where can people connect with you? The easiest is really askevy.com. That's A-S-K-Y-V-I.com. You got all the social links on top. As you Mm -hmm. just heard, I am attached to my phone. So you're welcome Mm -hmm. to pop into my DMs. It's all right there. Awesome. Do you have any final words or asks for the audience? Be kind to yourself. We are all just trying to be better and there's going to be better days and there's going to be less better days. Just be kind to yourself. Well, it's been wonderful having you on the show, Evie. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Focus and Chill podcast. To listen to other episodes, jump onto podcast.focusbear.io. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit, email us at team at focusbear.io. Otherwise, stay focused, stay chilled, and peace out. <laughs>